The past week has been busy. I have been going crazy with spring planting. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze. Beginners learning subsistence farming using three simple principles. Approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it. And we don't make allness statements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian, and welcome to our podcast of May the 18th, 2011. We are coming off a delightful little cool snap here. You know, when you live in central Alabama, May is just another summer month. Yeah, uh, yeah. So for us to have lows down in the low 50s, even got down to 49 one uh, early morning, Yeah, has just been so pleasant. But it's now coming to an end. Uh, the weatherman tells us that we are about to see the weather warm up dramatically over the next few days, mm -hmm. which means we better be getting ready for the summer growing season, and you have been busy out there. I know. I've, I've Sort of a last hurrah as far as spring planting, because as we've talked about before, we're a little late anyway, but um, the cool weather gave me maybe a false sense of security. I don't know, like, oh, I'm, I'm starting over. It's spring. <laughs> but for whatever reason, um, I guess because I have uh, eked out a block of time here and there, and we have had the good weather, um, I've gotten out and planted pretty much everything uh, veg-wise in the garden, except I haven't finished planting corn. I haven't planted the uh, summer peas, the, the southern peas, as we could call them. Um, and probably that's about it and you know some sunflowers here and little some ornamentals sun hemp yeah that we need to and get some out. sun hemp yes that we need to do well <clears throat> i did not uh, suggest to you beforehand that we talk about this but we probably ought to mention the adjustment that we've agreed to make in your late afternoon schedule okay i got all mopey <clears throat> because i was having to eat supper by myself while you were out on veg hill continuing to plant and we have agreed that we're going to shoot for eating supper at 7 o'clock, which means I'm going to call you. We started to, we said 6.30, and obviously that's not soon enough. Well, so. if I have to prepare something when I come in, it's not soon enough. And, you know, sometimes with the sun oven, my food preparation is done by then because I do that earlier in the day. All right. So in, in general, I'm going to start calling you at 6.15 and saying, okay, Amanda, it's 6.15, time to knock off, get your shower, <laughs> call your mama, do all those things yeah. that you need to do so we can sit down and have supper together. But that's emblematic of how busy you have been these last few weeks uh, with spring planting. Well, let's sort of talk through, if we can, um, what's out there and so forth. Your spring peas, the um, Sugar snaps and the wando and so forth yeah. are just doing great. I know. We've had several good meals lately, and I was even able to uh, take some to Mama and share some more sugar snaps with another friend. Um, so we've had a, a, an abundance of these spring peas. Along with some onion and yeah. garlic, which appears to be ready to harvest. Yeah, I haven't harvested haven't it. Around yeah, we haven't done it, it but yet. it's some of the gar garlic is looking really ready. And some beets. We harvested some beets and cooked yeah. those. And still to come, you you mentioned it at the outset, uh, black-eyed peas and purple hull yeah, peas. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be planting those. Right. In fact, I'll plant 
what I can, there's a there's a stretch south of where the the spring peas end down to where I have some fairly permanent ornamentals planted, and I'll begin planting black-eyed peas there. And then as soon as the spring peas are finished, I'll finish out that row, and you've already got trellis in place for sure. it. So we'll just need to add some more for the southern uh, neck of that Yeah, and I've planting. got hogwire here, there, and everywhere just standing in line, holding its tag up, waiting to be used well, for trellis. So. let's talk about that then. One of the, the big plantings I did yesterday was an entire row. And how long are our rows again? 140 feet. 140 feet of beans. Some are lima beans and the rest are pole beans. Are you saying you need 140 feet of trellis? Yes. Wow. That's 11 of those hogwash oh. lengths. Well, we can talk about that later off the air if you want to. <laughs> but I did think that you understood that that whole row would be be climbing beans. Oh, I don't know that I understood it, but it's okay. I mean, that's yeah. what we're in it for. Yeah. So, yeah. And luckily, we have T-posts lying around, and we have hogwire lying yeah. around. So the only thing that separates us from uh, where we are now and 140 feet of trellis is a little work from Lee. Yeah, so, so uh, you know, we're in good shape. It won't you've cost been, us any money. And speaking of trellising, um, our tomatoes are go going great guns, and you've been out there adding their... Uh, Attaching them to their support yeah. posts. and we have our little trellis system that seems to work okay for tomatoes. All we do is put a one-and-a-half-inch PVC pipe on T-posts, and then we lash um, three-quarter-inch PVC pipes to it and then tie the tomatoes to the PVC, and that seems to be working well. A lot of people would say it's labor-intensive, but what you and I have determined is we're not spending any more time than we would spend just normally checking in on the tomatoes. Right. You know, as we are checking in, we're tying them to the post. And yeah. one reason I'll be checking in even more frequently is that yesterday I found the first hornworm of the season on one of the pepper plants. So. And this is not good news. Not good news. Hornworms dealt us fits last year, and uh, it, it was most unwelcome. To yeah. see hornworms already. Well, uh, let's go back and talk about our strawberries over on row 11. They are continuing to produce, although I think they're slowing down now. Yeah, Do I think they think? are too. Okay. Yeah. Um, and the muscadines are most gratifying. We have bunches and bunches and bunches of tiny, tiny, tiny little muscadines on our four plants that we planted last spring. That is the spring of 2010. Yeah. And Out that's on Veg Hill. delightful to see because that indicates we're likely to see a similar result next year from the muscadines we've planted this year. And we've planted so many of them. So we, we <laughs> hope that we will have a good, abundant crop. But back to these that are now a little more than a year old, uh, they're just bursting with these tiny little muscadines probably a third the size of a BB right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're tiny. Yeah. But they will, we hope, uh, fill out and give us a nice crop this year. And another fruit crop that's on Veg Hill that's promising are the is one of the Natchez blackberry plants from last year. Yeah. There are several. We have eight other blackberry plants up there, and they're still very small. They, they almost died last summer for lack of water before we put the drip irrigation in. But that one Natchez 
It's just going to town, and it it has blackberries on it. So we Had will many blackberries. Yeah. We're new to blackberries, and we're a little puzzled because we've watched uh, day by day as these blackberries on the Natchez and a couple on the Kiowa gradually turn from green to red to half black and half red to all the way black, and we think, okay, that means it's ripe. So we pick it and we taste it, and it is just not sweet. It's sour. Um, and I know I've tasted sweet blackberries. Yeah. So I think what I'm going to do is the next time I see one looking like that, I'm going to say, well, I'm just going to wait and see if it changes flavor. You know, give yeah. it another three or four days and see if maybe it sweetens up. Yeah. If not, we might have to add some stevia or something to our... <laughs> well, we might, but that's not what we want to do. No. We want to be able to eat the fruit and um, and enjoy it. And I think we will be able to. Surely these blackberries will get sweeter than this. So Yeah, we hope so. Um, all right, so let's talk about cucurbits. Yes, I have planted an entire row of cucurbits. Squash and... Um, well, it's just various types of squash. And I have not planted the pumpkins yet, uh, the the proper pumpkins, because it's not time in central Alabama. We wait right. till the pretty much toward the end of June. It needs Although to be, there are some neck pumpkins you have planted. But those were considered um, a winter squash. That's why I planted those. How many, row, how many feet of neck oh, pumpkins did you, you plant, Farmer Board? They have to be spaced really far apart. Apparently, the plants get big. So that's why there's so much more. It, it appears to you that I have a lot more neck pumpkins. Approximately 70 feet oh, of s- neck pumpkins, <laughs> as nearly as I can determine. And I have yet to see a neck pumpkin. So I don't know whether I'm going to like neck pumpkins. I think you will. They're made. You can make pies with them. But back to what I planted. I have various types of squash, um, some variety, two different varieties of yellow squash, of uh, uh, some zucchini, uh, some s- some squash seeds that my cousins, Jane and Mike, uh, in Pennsylvania, and shout out to them, uh, sent me, and I don't know what kind of of squash that will be, so I simply labeled that Jane and Mike squash. Um, <laughs> we'll see what grows there. And has a, have they germinated? Yes, they've germinated. Okay, yes. good. Um, and I've, I, well, I'll talk more about the process in a minute, but uh, let's see, I planted some, um, I did mention zucchini. Uh, there's a packet that I ordered from one of the seed companies that called it Abundant Harvest, and it's a mixture of different kinds of squashes. Sort of a potpourri yeah. kind of thing, which last year was delightful. Oh, we just yeah. had the most fun last don't year. don't know exactly what you're going to get. The, the combination, I don't think it was the same combination, but it was one, it was the yeah. same idea. Yeah. Just, they just throw in a bunch of different squash, and well, you don't really know what you're going to get. Yeah, so it's fun. Um, and then... Beyond that, south of that, I have a whole lot of different types of winter squash. Some acorn squash, some butternut, some delicata, some spaghetti squash, and, of course, neck pumpkin. (laughs) And then the next row over, you've got watermelons and cantaloupe. Yeah, yeah. And some of the watermelon seeds and, and cantaloupe did not germinate as I had hoped. In fact, I've always had such good luck with my... Um, germination of those two, but it didn't happen fast enough to suit me. So I went to the um, True Value and bought some bonnie plants of watermelon and cantaloupe and planted on the hills. And now I see a few seeds 
coming up around them, okay. but that's okay. I think we'll be fine. Uh, so I will have cantaloupe and I will have watermelon, hopefully. Uh, the honeydew seeds that I put out did not germinate. And I know that honeydew is kind of a long shot in this area. And the honeydew that I planted, it was a seed packet botanical interest that I bought. And, you know, it had nothing to do with central Alabama. So um, I would like to know, and if any of you listening have a suggestion for a type of honeydew that I can plant in this area that will that do well. Will germinate reliably. Yeah, germinate and then produce reliably. I'd love to hear it uh, because I actually lo- prefer honeydew to cantaloupe. That's one of my favorite melons. We both do. We mm-hmm. would prefer, we would love to be able to find a way to make honeydew work. Yeah. And we know that some friends of ours over in Notasolga were successful in doing that, so we hope we'll be able to figure yeah, it out. Yeah, hope we will. So anyway, uh, then we have nightshades planted. We've talked about our tomatoes a, a good bit. I interplanted the tomatoes with basil and marigolds. I'm hoping, hoping, fingers crossed, knocking on wood, that um, the hornworms will be somewhat deterred by all that. But I don't know. We're just trying everything we can. Uh, Do pe- we have the peppers interplanted with t- with uh, no, marigold? No, but I may put some marigold out there. If we see. determine there's a difference in yeah. how the hornworms are responding, we may decide, okay, let's interplant yeah. everything yeah. with marigold and, and uh, basil. I do have a couple of basil plants down there amongst the <clears throat> peppers, so that might help. Um, then the eggplant, kind of what I went through last year with my eggplant, leaves there there's something eating the leaves and i'm pretty sure flea beetles are the culprits but um last year the eggplants came on strong and, and produced in spite of that so i'm hoping that we'll have good results again this year i'm hoping so too but it sure would be nice if we could figure out some way to give those eggplants a little better start they just look so sad with their leaves all eaten up that I way know. and we've seen a lot of grasshoppers out too so i don't know uh-huh. they may have grasshoppers eating them as well um, and then I've got um, okra planted on, I'd say, a good half of a row. Some of them, again, I, I wanted to get a jump start since I was late planting. So I bought some plants um, and put them out. And then. And after- I'll interject a word here about okra. For us, okra always starts slowly. Mm-hmm. And we're not concerned about that because what we've learned is the tomatoes they come roaring out of the ground and they're so proud of themselves and they bear and we're enjoying them yeah and then come the hot summertime like mid-june through late july into mid-august a lot of those plants like the the nightshades just sort of shut down they don't they don't die but they don't produce yeah and all during that time we're able to enjoy the okra. Oh, yeah. The okra, the does, okra not... does not slow down in that hot, dry, brutal summer heat the way everything else does. Which is why I love it so. Plus, I love the taste. But I've planted several varieties there, too. I planted some Clemson spineless, which has always been a good That's producer a for me. That's a mainstay for us. Yeah. Alabama red and Cajun jewel, which I planted last year and had good results with. They have not yet germinated as of this morning, so we shall see. But I planted them a little later. And then um, some burgundy okra that was basically a freebie packet that I got from Peaceful Valley with another order. And I'd never heard of it, but I thought, hey, it's worth a try. So there's some burgundy okra out there. But the Clemson spineless is really the bread and butter. That's really what we can depend on to keep 
plugging away. Mm-hmm. And then I've also got a row that has um, sweet potatoes planted, and just south of that, uh, they are sweet potato plants that I bought um, at, oh, I think it's Superfoods up at, in yeah, Tallahassee. Yeah, and I, I wish that the sweet potatoes had, you know, I wish we had been able to take the time to double dig the sweet potatoes because, you know, last year, the main problem with the sweet potatoes is that they got deformed by that hard soil. Yeah, yeah. And I'm afraid we're going to have the same result this year. We had said that we were going to take time for me to double dig before we planted sweet potatoes. And for whatever reason, it just didn't happen. And um, so I feel badly about that. I'm, I'm a little nervous about how the sweet potatoes are going to come out. Well, this they year. may be deformed again, but you know, they tasted, what we got of them tasted good. And They tasted good. It's just that they didn't fill out well because they were so constrained by that hard soil. Yeah. Well, and, we do what we can. Yeah. I'm not going to let us beat ourselves up about it. I see a whole lot of bean goings on down there. Yeah. That bean, those, you told me about that row of beans. Um, what on earth are we going to do with all those beans? Well, the, the lima beans, I've had such good success with lima beans in the past that I just had to put out several different varieties and see what would happen to um, my my old standby from last year, Violet's Multicolored Butter Beans. Put those out and some, um, along with uh, uh, Leaf Willow White or White Willow Leaf, I think, and then, um, which is a smaller bean, and then giant speckled butter beans that I bought from Petals. So we'll see how those do. And about how much of the row is taken up in butter beans? Oh, maybe a third. Okay. The rest, yes, you're right, they're beans. I've got um, Kentucky Wonder, Blue Lake, and the majority of the pole beans are rattlesnake beans. One reason I planted so many of those is that we have talked at our church about having a fundraiser of harvesting fresh beans and canning them uh, to sell as a fundraiser for the parish hall. So uh, the person who is coordinating that asked me to grow an extra row, which I'm thinking what for most people a row is 50 feet or something. So I put an extra 50 feet of rattlesnake beans out yesterday, and I was I was pretty tuckered after that. But uh, we have a heck of a lot of rattlesnake beans if they germinate. So if if they do what we hope they will do, we will be swimming in beans. Yeah, and then I've, I began the process of planting corn. I'll have to continue that along with the summer peas, as I mentioned. And not, let's not forget, I planted uh, cucumbers, and oh, they are just yeah. right south of the um, of the sweet potatoes because we planted okay. trellis both. Yeah. So you'll, that, that's a yet more trellising that you need to put right. up for those. Uh, so we'll we'll tell you more as that uh, process continues. But right now, I'm really excited about the possibilities. And then we've got the sun hemp that we will be planting to um, planting in those uh, extreme western rows. And you and I probably need to talk about cover crops in general because we've shifted our strategy a little bit on mm-hmm. cover crops. And uh, maybe we'll talk about that next week. Great. We're out of time. Hope you have a great week and get busy planting. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. We'd love to hear from you. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Our address is P.O. Box 780-446, Tallahassee, Alabama 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. 
You can also read the Daily Farm Log, check in with Lee and Amanda, and talk with other listeners. That's longleafbreeze.com. Thanks for listening. See you next week.